Welcome to the Fields of Success podcast, where you go behind the scenes with financial planner, business owner, and rural Ontarian, Brian Hilt, to hear stories of how successful entrepreneurs navigated the challenges on the path to success, and get insights from business consultants and professional advisors about continuing to grow and operate a successful business. Here's your host, Brian Hilt. Greetings, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Fields of Success podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hilt. Before we get to this podcast episode, just a quick note regarding it. At the time of the recording, I was between meetings up near Owen Sound, so I was parked in a parking lot and did this recording with the guest. So there are times where the audio quality is lacking. That was due to lacking in the internet connectivity. Um, I apologize for that. I think, though, that most of it has come through just fine, and you'll get a lot of value from the episode. So without any further ado, here's this episode of the Fields of Success podcast. Greetings. Welcome to the Fields of Success podcast. I'm really excited today to have a guest on the podcast. Again, Tim Kane. He is a founder and one of the owners of My HSA. Um, and he's going to talk to us about HSAs, um, health savings accounts, WSAs, and share some of his expertise for the benefit of the listeners. So, hello, Tim. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, Brent. Thanks for having me. Very good. Just, well, I just uh, just one clarification on that, Brian. Uh, we're talking about health spending accounts, not to be confused with health savings account, which is a, a U.S. terminology. So I thought I'd just bring that up. Fantastic. Very good. <laughs> because and that's even better because I was going to ask you later um, about some of the, the differences between them. But so first off, clarification, it's a health spending account, not a health savings account. I am going to make a note of that. Great. Alrighty. Well, I guess first off, to start off for the listeners, could you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, your journey, and how you got to where you're at today where you have this company called My HSA? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my HSA, we're a digital platform that allows advisors to be able to sell and administer health spending, wellness spending, flex accounts, a little bit of ASO type program in the form of a spending account. Uh, my background is not from the tech world. I'm from the insurance world, but not not this kind of insurance. Never done, had anything to do with financial products or employee benefits. In fact, owned a property and casualty insurance brokerage. Probably one of the last guys on earth to have a flip phone StarTac and probably one of the other ones that hang on to my BlackBerry. So I was definitely never tech inclined other than having an iPhone eventually. But what I did is uh, when when we had our property and casualty insurance brokerage, we were looking for uh, ways to round our clients and be able to provide the services that we thought we could provide quite well. But we didn't have any benefits or financial products. And so decided one day because I was just a little frustrated with my insurance broker that I wanted to go buy a benefit company. When I found a benefit company that was for sale and back in the day the multiples for benefits wasn't weren't very large, so it was actually very difficult to find the benefits brokers for sale because most of them would hang on to what they had for the infinite life of it and made more money running it than selling it. So luckily for me, or unluckily for me, I found a, a brokerage that was for sale, and there was a reason it was for sale. It's because he included, he had a Microsoft Access database, which controlled and facilitated health spending accounts in his office. 
which he thought was awesome. I thought it was an absolute nightmare. And in fact, my founder, my co-founder, Steve McEwen, came in here to sell benefits for me, but spent all this time trying to figure out how to, what to do with these HSAs. So we ran it for a while, decided that we had to either sell it or rebuild it, and decided to rebuild it, built the software, launched it back in 2011. And then in uh, 2012, we had some advisors coming to us saying, hey guys, we've heard what you're doing, can we use it? So we allowed them to use it. It wasn't really built for, built for anybody else, but we decided to let some pilot brokers on there and try it out. It seemed to work well. And then in late 2012 to 2013, I was approached to sell both my PNC and my benefits broker. Was starting to fall in love with the tech business that we build, we were building, we didn't even know we were doing, and launched my HSA officially in 2013. So right now, we currently service over 2,000 advisors across Canada that most have never sold an HSA product, never done anything with them, and we've given them the online platform to be able to do it inside of where it belongs with the benefits advisor. Wow, that's a very interesting journey. So, because I didn't know this. Just for the listeners, I didn't ask him his background ahead of time or anything like that. So this is the first time hearing it too. You know, I would have anticipated, oh well, I grew up in, uh, you know, in a major insurance company doing um, benefits, and then I thought it was archaic and decided to go tech, um, and that's not really what it was at all. No, not at all. <laughs> the other way. <laughs> Very cool. Oh well, I guess. If there is a listener then who aspires to something technology oriented and doesn't come from that background, then here you go. There's a there's it can be done. You're 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 I'm, a, I'm a poster I, child. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that the best technology companies are built from people that don't know anything about technology. Now, uh, one thing I will say is when when browsers come out and people say, "Well, it only works for this browser." Being a non-tech guy, I just look at our techs and I say. I could care less, make it work on that browser. So we're not, we're not the people that say we're, we're going to live and die with what's out there and what's available. We actually adapt it to what users like it and what people like. Yeah. And that's what makes it better. Yeah, for sure. Good. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, you're kind of in a unique position. You're both uh, a business owner and you're an expert in your field. So I think we could go either way on the podcast. However, for this one, I, I do want to focus on kind of delving your expertise regarding the benefits and um, HSA, WSA, et cetera, those types of things. So to sure. start off with that part, could you give an overview of an HSA? I know you already corrected me that it's a health spending account, not a health savings account, um, but kind of give an overview of an HSA, what it is, kind of practically how it plays out. Just kind of go with that for a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So a health spending account, just to clarify, I'm definitely not an expert in the HSA realm. I've taken a different approach to how we built this business and the fact that I don't want to know about the intricacies of what they were and how they were facilitated. I want to look at them from a fresh point of view and be able to show people how they're different than they've been displayed. I mean, the, the thought back in the day is that they were very complicated. They were only for business owners. They, everything that uh, checked back in the day was we've been trying to convince advisors that they're actually, what they are is an employee benefit. They're a different structure and a different way in order for business owners to be able to offer employees uh, in the form of cash 
to be a cash or, or a reimbursement type account to be able to spend the employer's money on medical expenses, medical, dental, and vision expenses. So the, the terminology, whether there's four business owners, absolutely there are four business owners. Where HSAs came from is back in the 80s, the CRA was looking at what a business owner could get through a, a benefit plan or whether through an insurance plan and figured out that most startup business owners, they couldn't afford a benefits plan or for what they got, it just wasn't effective, you know, based on what you could claim and what you get back reimbursed from the insurance company compared to what the premiums you pay, it didn't make any sense to have one. So what the CRA started allowing to doing and health spending accounts are not just in Canada, they're called different things down in the US, there's actually a version called an HRA, but essentially what they are is an effective tax vehicle for an employer to be able to fund employee benefits for both themselves and the owner of the and in their employees of the corporation. So they were all originally thought of as this way to get shareholder money out of a corporation tax-free, although there is some benefits and there's some tax savings in an HSA, that's not what CRA or not what uh, what the what they were built and based on. They were based on providing an effective and co- a cost-effective benefit plan for the owner and the employees of an organization. So does that make sense? Okay, it does. And so I pause because my my wheels are turning in my head with some follow-up questions and such. So as the listeners know, we didn't go over this ahead of time. So I'm learning a lot of this here as well. Um, so what I had, I guess, in my head, my preconceived notion was similar to, you know, primarily it's for business owners. It's a way for them to pay personal medical expenses with corporate money and get some money out of the corporation tax-free, et cetera, et cetera. But what you're saying is it, it really was designed as a way to fund employee benefits in an efficient way. And so I guess then that flows into the next question. So if you have an employer who they look at a group medical plan, for example, and it's just too costly, um, but they can allocate a thousand bucks a year per employee to benefits. They could then set up an HSA and for the employees, and then the employee could choose to use that money to fund a personal extended health plan from their HSA? Somewhat. They can buy, uh, there is an allowance for health, dental, and uh, vision costs, personally paid health, dental, and vision costs, like an individual Blue Cross, for example, would be covered. You can't use an HSA and you can't run through expenses like critical illness, life, AD and D or any of the uh, the actual insured products, and I can go on to what I feel is insured versus non-insured. Health, dental, health, dental, and vision, in my view, is not really insurance. You know, insurance is something that you pay into a pool to have uh, to have that pool in the case that you have any uh, catastrophic losses that happen throughout the year or years, and it, your risk and your premiums are associated with that. If you think about health dental and vision, those aren't really insured products in the true aspect where we know in the fact that we know those costs are going to happen. It's how you fund them, whether you're paying an insurance company to bank your money and pay the claims as based on what the policy that you have, or whether you're self-funding it saying that you can, you're going to allow a thousand dollars per employee per year 
to spend on those health, dental, and vision expenses, and then provide insurance for the rest of that. Does that make sense? It does. And, and what it does is it really opens the door to the possibilities that can exist with them that, um, yeah, there's a, just a touch on that just a little bit more. Some of the things that this industry has done to crucify the health spending account realm and the fact that there's various, if you go to different providers and they give you an opinion on, say, backdating of claims, whether it can go back to fiscal year, last year's fiscal year, or, or one calendar year, those are all just interpretations. We take a simplistic approach with respect to these plans. If you think about it from, uh, if you're setting up, setting up a health spending account, you can't go out and buy car insurance after you get into an accident. So the same rules of insurance employee benefits should apply with respect to a health spending account. If you can't, you can't just go out and set up a health spending account that's something for something that has already happened. You have to set it up as a true insurance plan for things going forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So I think I think the industry has really said try to differentiate these things that these are health spending accounts. These are not employee benefits. The the thought and the processes with my HSA and how we've been trying to build it is that we're trying to remove all the mysteries regarding these plans and say, these are employee benefits. These are not shareholder way for shareholders to get money out of the company. And you should structure them like a benefits plan, just different, a different way of funding it. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of questions I could ask you there. Um, so I'm on your website here right now. And so if I, um, I'm not, I'm maybe not going to find it right now. I was looking here the other day, but, uh, Anyway, so I think you can get into that. What I was going to ask later, I was going to go into. There's um, a follow up. There was within the HSA, at least at uh, at your company, at my HSA. There's some options that people could select. That uh, I think there was, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there was options for uh, like a travel insurance, maybe, or uh, a couple options like that. That um, there was a travel plus, maybe, or just a travel. And yeah, am yeah. I correct that those are something you can select from within the HSA? For sure. They're, they're actually add-on products and associated with the spending account for both an HSA and a WSA. We are on our digital platform. We're very good at providing a spending account arrangement, whether it's a health spending account or a wellness spending account. But we recognize that not all advisors are going to have a solution for wrap-up insurance products, such as travel and catastrophic. Uh, travel catastrophic, CI, AD, and D, and life. So we have those built-up products that you can surround in an HSA or dealing through advisors. Your advisors can find their own products to surround those spending account products. We also have things like telemedicine. We partnered with Wello, a company with telemedicine. Uh, we have a My Charity program, which is employee employee uh, charity charitable donations on behalf of the employer made by the employees in our app. We have a Rete EAP program, and really we're, what we're working toward is a marketplace where you can build your own benefit plan, but not taking away from your insured benefits with your insurance provider. Note about my HSA, we only sell through advisors, not through not direct to consumer. Yep. So we're very okay. supportive of the advisor relationship. Very good. One, I guess, quick question that comes to mind, it's, it's going to be a super simple one for you, is does a business have to be incorporated to offer an HSA benefit to an employee? You know, there's lots of interpretations back and forth. I'm going to say 
I'm going to give you our interpretation or our interpretation going forward on this is that a corporation, uh, you have to be incorporated to have an HSA. If you're a sole proprietor, an unincorporated organization, there are some loopholes, but that's all they are is loopholes. We don't think it's the most tax effective way unless you have arm's length employees. So in, sure. unless you're incorporated, you can't write it through my HSA. All right. Could you give maybe one or two quick scenarios where, in your experience, an HSA has been used for employee benefits? Since that's where we're really focusing, not on, you know, okay, the the employer, the shareholder, the owner of the corporation uses it personally, but where they actually use it as a benefit for employees and how that sure. that works from an employer and then the employee side too, like how they how they actually utilize it yeah um when we i'll tell you the story when we built by hsa we built it for small organizations more meaning one corp person corporation to say 10 person corporations that's where we built it that's where we thought hsas were utilized the benefit to having an hsa is that and wow how cra put it together that it's not directed only for small businesses and how a small business would use it is they can't afford benefits or benefits don't make sense to have from an insured perspective, so they put it into an HSA. So they use it in coordination with no insured benefits. They just have the HSA and perhaps some wrap-up like the travel catastrophic. On, uh, the, it can be also be used for large corporations as a top-up. So we have corporations of over a 1,000 employees that are using the MyHSA program not to carve out their benefits program, but to actually use it where it makes sense. So they have a large company, they have an insured benefit, but they're finding that their dental or their vision doesn't make sense to keep it in the insured program. They can carve it out and put it into an HSA. How okay. an employee makes claims on the MyHSA system is pretty simple. It's through an app. They can do it an app on online. You can take a picture of a claim and you're reimbursed within a couple of days. Very good. Huh. Wow. This is actually very educational for me i think there's a lot of potential when i think of the just even the, the different business owners that i have already had on the podcast the ones who i anticipate having on that this is something that you know for a small business owner especially like what you're saying that we can't offer a full gamut of benefits but we do want to offer something to you know here's this you can set it up you can use you know you can you can have access to some of these things and it doesn't have to be, you know, the whole thing at one time. No, not at all. That's the benefit to it is that it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can cooperate them in, in parallel and insured plan and HSA and then start to carve out where it makes sense. Okay. So to this point, if we've kind of focused on HSAs, what about WSAs? Now, wellness spending accounts, the lifestyle spending accounts, whatever you want, they are, first of all, they are a taxable benefit. There's no difference in giving an employee a, a $500 as a cash at the end of the year or give them $500 in the WSA program, which is a taxable program that's designed by the employer that'll, that still does the same thing. It allows the employee to spend their money on things that they, we call benefits. The difference between an HSA and a WSA WSA being taxable is determined not by CRA, it's determined by the employer that's offering the benefit. So you can offer things like gym membership, yoga, 
uh, you know, whatever you want. I'll give you a good example of that. We have a 300-person group in Saskatchewan right now that has a HSA that's set up with their insured program. And then they have a small allowance for a wellness spending account with the sole item being pet daycare. So he gives an allowance for employees for our organization included in his benefits plan for pet daycare. And the guy, just a crazy guy that thinks pets, I shouldn't say crazy because I'm a, I'm a huge pet owner, but, uh, but I don't know if I'd love to have a benefit for it. But he, his thoughts is, is that he wants to give everybody an allowance for pet daycare. He doesn't want them to be alone. And they include it in their benefit program. So probably half of the company thinking insane. The other half of it say, this is the coolest company ever, ever. They pay for my, my pet daycare. So wellness is really cool. It's really outside of the realm of benefits in the fact that it's not insurance. It's not even HSA at this point. It's designed by the employer as an effective way to provide an employee allowance, but dictate where they can spend it. I remember sitting in an airport once listening to somebody saying, hey, my employer's so cool, they pay for my gym membership. And I'm going, no, they don't. You pay for your gym membership. You pay taxes on it. But if you spin it right and put it together right, it just makes it as an employee benefit rather than something that that the employer's giving you money. If you gave somebody five, I always say, if you give somebody $500 per year, they could care less. Give them $500 to spend on pet daycare and they love it. It becomes an employee benefit. Yeah. And I guess then you can, there's a few different things that come to mind for me. Then it's, it's one, it would be a way to, I guess, motivate, um, maybe not even motivate, but to encourage certain things or to bring a focus to certain things. So pet daycare, you know, that's a, that's a focus then that he's brought or, um, so my employer provides a daycare benefit or my employer provides the gym membership. So, and an employer could use it to encourage health within the organization that, you know, my employer covers, you know, my golf membership because it has a physical activity type of thing to it versus, okay, my employer, um, you know, paid me, gave me a, uh, 2% raise this year, um, which, you know, went here and you don't really, so it, it gives it a bit more tangible feel to it. And then from the employer standpoint, they can offer these things and kind of select these things, but where they could say, well, bring me the receipt and I'll cover it. Um, now it's, they've off shifted a lot of that administrative load to the WSA provider and said, okay, here's what it is. We're going to offload that administrative side to you rather than trying to track, you know, Hey, John came to me with, you know, his golf receipt and I had to write him a check type of thing. Yeah, totally. And and I think the worst problem of the benefits industry is communication of benefits to employees, whether they're a WSA, HSA, or insurance. And what my HSA has been very focused, laser focused on, is an effective way of communicating what the employee has on a digital aspect through their app, through their online interface. Yeah, very cool. So We've touched a little bit on HSAs, WSAs. I think it's enough to where the listeners, um, hopefully, as for me, their curiosity is tweaked, um, that this is something that I think is maybe not as known or as utilized as it, as it could be. So I'm going to put in a little bit of a disclaimer here. Securities, compliance, et cetera, doesn't allow for promotion of a specific company's products. Um, however, Tim, you're 
on the podcast. I want to give you an opportunity for you to tell us about your company. And so we've done this already a little bit, but could you give us a high level, you know, by now the listeners know, okay, you own my HSA that you offer HSAs, WSAs. So give us, uh, I know you have a few other things on your product shelf as well. Um, you mentioned Wello, um, but maybe just give a quick overview of your company and what is all under your umbrella as offerings. Sure. Uh, we are a digital platform that we allow through either advisors, TPAs, MGAs, insurance companies to offer spending accounts primarily. That's where it came from. We are a pay-as-you-go organization, so we don't believe that the setup fees and the costs associated with these programs are a lot, why, a lot of the reasons why they're not utilized. So we're primarily the pay-as-you-go, meaning is just because you allocated unless you less or if you claim you're not on any money, it doesn't cost you anything. So it's easy for advisors to sell sell benefits to their clients. In starting on the spending account realm, where as I say we don't sell direct to client, we only sell through advisors. That's who we're trying to get interested in the MyHSA product and use it alongside of their core benefits. With that, though, we, we also want to be the cool part and of the benefits program and the fact that we want to offer things that aren't traditionally included in the benefits program. So in that right now, we have some of the insurance products, auxiliary products through our digital platform. We have Wello, which Wello, anybody who doesn't have telemedicine needs to look into Wello. They're amazing. It's 24-7 assistant by nurse practitioners to be able to Prescribe medicine, get counselors, whatever you need to, to do as an organization. It's a very cool thing to add on to your spending account as, a, as an auxiliary benefit. We have uh, RETE, which is an EAP program. We partner with a RETE. I can tell you, anybody who knows a RETE in the, in the employee assistance program world knows that there's nothing like them out there. They're just an amazing corporation to work with. And, and you can offer that on to your employee benefits. And we've also launched, which we're quite excited about, My Charity. So it's uh, teamed up with uh, Canada Helps to be able to administer charitable donations on the employer's behalf. The trigger and the thought behind My Charity is that the employee can make those allocations for the employer on their app. So the employer figures out what they want to spend on charities, give and put, empowers the employees to make the donations on their behalf. That is, again, all orchestrated in our digital platform. What we're building out over the next couple months or year is to be able to effectively build a benefits marketplace, which is anything but what the insurance advisor sells. So we're trying to build out core products, marketplaces to be able to wrap around and surround their core insured benefits, which we still believe there's a, a need for, but get the other parts of the benefits that are less focused on right now put them front and center for the employee and be able to offer things that coordinate with what they already have. We're not trying to take out what's sold. We're not trying to change the model. We're trying to surround it with other products that we believe will be appreciated and enjoyed by the employees. That makes sense? Very cool. It does. Yeah. And I get excited about it hearing you talk about it. I, I saw on LinkedIn uh, that you'd mentioned my charity and, uh, and that's really intriguing to be charitable. I've had uh, fellow from Abundance Canada on. We've talked about charitable giving. I think that that's a really intriguing area. And so I think, okay, you have a uh, business owner who, you know, allocates a certain amount and they, you know, empower their employees to be able to then direct where that goes. 
I assume that, you know, then in the background, there's the, uh, there's a uh, donor advised fund and blah, blah, blah. And that, that's going in. And so that's all really cool to me. And I'm, I'm excited to see how, you know, the progression yeah. continues. Yeah, I'll just, I'll tell you a bit about how that came, the, my charity model, because I think it's an interesting story. When I was selling my company, my insurance brokerage, that we spent, I think, $25,000 per year on charitable donations. And I was driving back with Steve, who was my employee back at the time, now my partner in my HSA, but going through. And he said, geez, you know, you spent $25,000 on donations last year. And I said, yeah. And he said, I didn't even know you donated. So it's pretty sad when an organization is spending 25000 or whatever they are on charitable organizations. But the employees that are core and part of your team don't even realize those donations are happening. What my charity does is still allows the employer to be able to make those donations and allocate to the donations, but they give the employees the empowerment to, to, to feel good about what they're doing and actually make the donations on behalf of the employer. So it's a cool spin on, a, on an existing product. Yeah, and all done in a, per, a user-friendly way. I guess with, Very uh, with the interface and such. So you're also a business owner, my HSA. Um, you have your previous brokerages, um, et cetera, et cetera. So as I start winding down this uh, episode, any words of wisdom for aspiring entrepreneurs or fellow entrepreneurs that you can share from your experience? Well, I think you know I'm I'm not the kind of business owner that owns a ton of ton of businesses and I can dance all over the place. I respect people that can do that. I, I'm not last person. I am very laser focused on what I'm doing with that. And I think it's a lot to be passionate. So I see people with tons of business cards and walking around with, with a lot of business ideas, but what closely gets, get, or gets extinguished from any relationship or any business idea is passion. And if you have a passion, you have a will and you have a, 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 a thought and what you want to do. I think everybody needs to make the jump if they feel the make that jump, but don't just dabble in what you're going to do. If you feel passionate about your idea and you feel passionate about what you're trying to build, that will show and be able to build your business. There's many, many reasons why my HSA should not be in existence. But the supporters and the love around that were because they could see the passion, everything that we did, they could see what we were trying to build, what we were trying to change. And regardless of what the original model was and what it was now, it was that drive that made us who we are what, and what we are today. So I guess my words of wisdom on it doesn't matter what you do, do it well. And don't try to do things, don't try to dabble in things because you'll be found out in those situations. Okay, very good. Um, I don't know if you're a reader, but uh, I always ask the business owners who come on the podcast um, if there's any books that they've read, whether recently or historically, that um, have been really impactful that they care to share the the book that they've read so that uh, for the benefit of the listeners. You know, I'm, I'm not much of a reader anymore. I used to read a lot, but there, I can't think of any books that really drove my life. There's and what I do find right now, I listen to one thing about me. I listen to podcasts. I listen to a, a lot of them and I listen to them in double time. And could Seth God and I said, if you listen in double time, you'll be able to, to focus on only that podcast and be able to do it in half the time that you were. So I'm a big believer in podcasts, podcasts like this, uh, huge 
you know, a huge uh, a masters of scale, I, you know, podcast. I could go on and on about that, but there's no books that I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a biohacker. I'm big into Ben Greenfield. I love fitness podcasts. I've listened to podcasts of gene makers, literally denim makers from LA that are building these business out of their garages. So what I fascinate on and what drives me is like a cool story of somebody that had passion about the building that they, or the business that they were building. It's not necessarily what they were doing and how they were building it. It was the passion that drove them to the next level. So I'm anybody send me over a podcast, it doesn't matter what it would be about. I would take it and I digest it and say, is, is what I'm listening to driving me about it's on a different level of, uh, of, of not a business. It's like that person behind the business. Sure. Well, then you should uh, peruse my episodes from the Fields of Success podcast. <laughs> every other one, that's, that's what I'm trying to get with every other one is trying to focus on, you know, what drove somebody to start a business? What's their story? What have they encountered and overcome? And that provides value to other business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs and some inspiration and motivation. And then on the other episodes, so the every other thing, providing value in another way via something like today where today is kind of both, but where it shares some information about something that they can take back and apply to their business. You know, maybe it's a, a, some tax issue or this or that. But so anyways, feel free. I only have, I think, uh, I think there's six episodes that have aired. I have a few others recorded, but, uh, but feel free to peruse them. And then you can send me your comments via email if you want for what things to improve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure can. Um, I also want to mention that my HSA is coming out with an, a, a podcast at the end of the month. So do the oh, same. Very good. Yeah, very good. Take three episodes right now, so we're pretty excited about that. Very good. All right. So the last couple things that I have, I was going to ask how you can be contacted if someone wants to reach out to you. So I'll ask that question, and I'll also put the caveat behind it. Or would it be better for them to? reach out to their advisor or I guess so take that as you want. If you want, you can provide your contact information. Otherwise, if you want to direct them to say, Hey, you know, contact us, we'll direct you to an advisor. Go with that. How you will. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, as people who know me, know me, I'm about the easiest guy on earth to get a hold of. And that's just ingrained in me. I've always been in that very, so you can get me on LinkedIn, Facebook, any of the social medias, my uh, email is tim at getmyhsa.com. If you just want to have a, have a conversation or ask a question, I'm very open and honest. I think this industry specifically is so based on people that, that are hard to get a hold of and scheduling two months in advance. So I'm trying to buck that trend and be the person that's always available. Very good. So for you listeners, as I said before, there's uh, I guess I didn't say this part before. There's no, just so you listeners know, Tim doesn't get paid at all for coming on. There's no remuneration. I don't get paid out of it. Nothing. He strictly came on to share his wisdom. There's, there's no compensation going either way. Um, we really just want to share this for the benefit of you as listeners. I followed it, Tim and Mike to say for some time, he shares really social media as well. So I want to encourage people to, you know, if you're active on social media, check him out on LinkedIn and stuff. Cause I think the stuff that he shares is very, uh, very relevant. Any final comments from you, Tim, before I let you go? 
No, I think that's great, Brian. I do want to know, I want to mention the power of social media. The important to mention that the MyHSA platform and almost every advisor that we have on the platform was built from LinkedIn. And so as you're, if you're younger and just getting into this business or if you're older and just looking for a way to reinvent the wheel, use social media, use it effectively because it's more powerful than just sharing things on Facebook. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And that's an art. I, I think that's an art that I'm still learning as well, but hopefully we'll continue to, to do better at. Very good. Well, thanks again, Tim, for coming on. Thanks for sharing some of your wisdom and uh, expertise, both on some of the employee benefits and as well, some of your entrepreneurial journey. I'm sure your listeners will find it beneficial. If you have any questions or anything like that, feel free to reach out to myself, my email and such. Uh, you can also check out the website, which both my HSA, um, their website, which is getmyhsa.com, or you can check out my website at seedtimeandharvestwc.ca. So thanks again, Tim, and uh, have a great day. Great. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for listening to the Fields of Success podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please take a moment to share it with your friends and provide a review. As well, if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please email Brian at podcast at seedtimeandharvestwc.ca. That's podcast at seedtimeandharvestwc.ca. If you would like further information about Brian's firm, Seed Time and Harvest Wealth Council of Manulife Securities Incorporated, please check out the website at www.seedtimeandharvestwc.ca. There you can find more information, schedule a meeting, and check out the notes from this podcast episode. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.